Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Oilers duck second round series. Your team will fly to Anaheim tomorrow. They will play the Ducks on Wednesday night. We'll have the full series here on 6.30 Chad. On Wednesday, 6 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 8.30. Full practice for the Oilers today, except Oscar Clefbaum not on the ice. The defenseman still getting over that illness that kept them out of game six in San Jose on Saturday. But head coach Todd McClellan says he will be good to go against the Ducks. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers Radio, 6.30. Chet, no NHL games tonight. No first-round series go the distance. So the second round will start up on Wednesday. Keeping an eye on the Raptors' playoff game tonight. They lead Milwaukee 55-46 with just over a minute left in the second half. That series is tied at two. We'll keep you updated on that one as we go along tonight i can tell you the for uh, some nhl news today the uh, obviously the year-end award nominees have been being announced over the last few days for the masterton trophy which is the one that off- honors sportsmanship perseverance and dedication you have craig anderson goaltender for ottawa quite a story for him his wife has been uh, battling cancer this year he leads ottawa into the second round against the rangers andrew cogliano from the ducks who has never missed a game in his career and Derek ryan the former u of a golden bear now with the carolina hurricanes 30 years old he gets the uh, third and final finalist spot for the masterton and we'll hear from Derek ryan in about half an hour right here on inside sports that's a really cool story all right so it is the oilers and the ducks in the second round they met five times during the regular season three on two anaheim the other way over the line fowler loads fires and scores cam fowler's fifth of the year comes off the rush two nothing anaheim and now it's Sekra. Cuts behind the net centers. What timer score? Leon Drysaddle buries it. And Edmonton has knocked off Anaheim. 3 2 in overtime. Broken stick on the ice, and Edmonton takes advantage. Steal by Drysaddle, right circle, centering pass. Back to Drysaddle for an open net. Dutes and scores. Edmonton takes a 1 0 lead. Tried to curl one in front, dishes, shoots, and scores. Top right corner. Ricard Raquel's career year continues. You've got Getzloff, who passed on a wide-open look in a three-on-three OT on Thursday night. He's got a goal tonight on a slapper, fell down, and here come the Oilers, two-on-one to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side, Dreisaitl waits. There's a centering pass, what timer scores! Those are the five game-winning goals 
from the matchups between the Oilers and the Ducks this season in order Fowler, Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl, Raquel, and Dreisaitl. Leon getting three game winning goals for the Oilers against the Ducks this season. Edmonton went three and two against Anaheim, and thanks to the NHL's point system, which I know some of you hate, Anaheim was also above 500 against the Oilers, going 2 1 and 2. The season series, in terms of wins, was taken by the Oilers 3-2. In terms of points, it was even 6-6. Anaheim had two more points overall in the regular season. That's why they have home ice advantage. Should be a fun one. A lot of talk, obviously, about the matchups. We know what Ryan Kessler can do. He has been, you know, from my experience, he is one of the most hated opponents by Oilers fans in the NHL. He played for the Vancouver Canucks during a time when, let's face it, the Canucks were miles ahead of the Edmonton Oilers in terms of ability and where they finished in the standings. And uh, he was uh, certainly very, very hated by Oilers fans. So it's going to be fun that they're going up against him in a playoff series. Defensively, Anaheim, you know, pretty good defense score. I've always liked Sammy Votnin. He's been dealing with an upper body issue, but optimistic to play game one. Hampus Lindholm, I would imagine, will be the matchup guy against Connor McDavid. He's expected to practice tomorrow. Cam Fowler getting over that knee injury. Uh, he's expected to be good to go for game one, so the Ducks should be relatively healthy as well as they get set to take on the Oilers. Um, you know, I, I there's been a lot of debate about Lindholm Personally, and maybe I'm going to be proven wrong over the next two weeks, and this isn't a slight on Lindholm because I think he's very good. Do I think he's as good as Mark Edward Vlasic defensively? I don't. Now, him and him and Manson together, by the sounds of it, you know, maybe that's maybe that's better than the uh, than the Vlasic Braun pairing if if you take both of them together. But obviously, Connor McDavid is going to be targeted. But the thing that was interesting, and you probably heard Todd McClellan say, say it after Game 6 in San Jose, he said, I was fine with McDavid out there against, uh, against Vlasic and Braun because he wanted Nugent Hopkins out there against Thornton, Marlowe, and Pavelski. Thornton obviously didn't play the first couple of games of the series, but he did come back after that. So... And, and Todd said, I wasn't going to reveal that during the series, but but that's that's what he wanted. He he wanted Nugent Hopkins out against San Jose's best player, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, a little bit more evidence of the evolution of Ryan Nugent Hopkins as uh, as he moves into his mid twenties. So, I guess we're obviously going to watch what the Ducks do against Anaheim or against McDavid, but I think we also have to watch how McClellan chooses to use Nugent Hopkins. Is he going up against Perry and Getzlaff or Raquel or whatever, you know, they, they roll out as their top combination. I was talking to Nugent Hopkins today about uh, making the second round. Pretty cool. It's awesome. I mean, uh, just saying it, uh, thinking about it is, is pretty special. I mean, uh, uh, to get to uh, this point, I mean, where we're in the playoffs is obviously a big accomplishment and uh, something that we haven't done uh, so far in my career. So uh, to be moving on against a good team like that is, uh, is a pretty cool moment. 
Todd mentioned after game six he was comfortable with uh, McDavid being out against uh, Vlasic because he wanted you out there against uh, Pavelski and, and, and Thornton. Uh, just tell me about how you uh, embraced that role and how do you think you were able to handle it? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I definitely uh, tried to embrace it as well as I could and um, I thought our whole line did a good job of not getting them too much. And um, I mean, we, we did have a lot of offensive opportunities, offensive zone time. Uh, obviously, uh, we need to find a way to uh, produce when we do get those chances. But uh, the more that we play in the, the O zone, the less time that they have to, to play in our zone. So uh, we got to keep that going and uh, make sure that uh, whoever we face uh, in this next series, we do the same thing. This has been, I mean, we've done the whole non-playoff thing to death, so I'm not necessarily asking about that, but you, yourself, your number one pick, you've had a couple of really good offensive seasons, you go into the playoffs, you're kind of asked to, to shut to shut somebody down, I mean, are you still feeling like you're defining yourself, even though it's been a few years in the league, or how are you looking at your, your spot? Um, I think I'm a lot more comfortable at this point uh, in that job, and um, I think this year uh, was a little bit uh, of maybe a little bit of a transition uh, role and um, I embraced it as well as I could and uh, at this point now I mean I played 82 games and uh, and plus the six now so um, I'm, I'm comfortable in it uh, I enjoy doing it I mean it's it's, it's fun when you can uh, uh, shut those top guys in the league down and, uh, and and play well offensively at the same time so I mean it's something that I, I'm gonna, obviously I'm going to keep working on I, I can get better at it but uh, um, right now, I'm, uh, I'm comfortable in that. Interesting for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Comfortable, seeming to be relishing the opportunity to play more of a, a two-way role, more of a shutdown role. Obviously not how we would have seen him five or six years ago, no doubt about that. But I, I find those types of uh, things interesting in terms of how expectations can change, how a player's career can unfold, how he can find ways to make himself important or relevant. And, and look, for most players, they will tell you, if I'm on a winning team, I'll accept my role. And I think the winning certainly this year has helped Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I also asked Todd McClellan about the Nuge, and he had a very astute comment about how he's progressed through his career. I'll get to that. We do have open line time, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. It's Inside Sports on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. What a This is your exclusive home for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is Oscar Kleftbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Yeah, no Kleftbaum at practice today, but he should be fine for Game 1 Wednesday against the Anaheim Ducks. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm going to get to Chris from Phoenix on the open line in a minute here, but I, I, I just want to finish up uh, the Ryan Nugent Hopkins thought. Uh, Trevor texting in, he says, uh, Hey, Reed, I love Nuge, but can the team afford a $6 million shutdown guy when there are some up-and-coming superstars who will be looking for big bucks? Well, Trevor, that's a fair comment. Uh, I mean, the NHL salary cap is supposed to go up a little bit for next season, probably by uh, you know 2 or $3 million. It's at 73 right now probably going to go up to 75 76 uh yeah i mean i i know exactly what you're saying i think in the short term you just enjoy the fact that nugent hopkins is contributing in maybe a, an unexpected way 
from when he was a rookie. And I think you also hope that some of his scoring opportunities, and he referenced it in the interview that I did with him, he still thought they had some pretty good offensive zone time. They're not just hanging back and, and only defending their own slot. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, I thought, had a, had a pretty good series overall. Hopefully he keeps generating chances and something starts going in. I mean, how close was he to ending that overtime game? You know, Jones, full credit for a great save. Uh, short term, I would say, Trevor, and I'm sure... I'm sure you're in this boat. Enjoy the playoffs. Here's Todd McClellan on Nugent Hopkins. I asked Coach McClellan, I said, was there a a light bulb moment for Nugent Hopkins when he started to uh, embrace or excel more in the two-way role? Um, I don't know if there was a light bulb moment, but um, he has the tools to be a good, a tremendous two-way player. And when you're chosen or selected at that spot, um, in the draft, you often come in as a one-dimensional offensive type player. And in his situation here, he was thrust into that role and he produced, and that's the way he was going to go. Um, he had some good years, but the team didn't win a lot. And it's always about the team. So he's been able to adjust and learn a few things Um for me at the uh, World Cup this year really solidified my belief in him and how well he played in those situations. Again, never talked about, not noticed. McDavid and uh, Matthews, Eichel, uh, you know, all those types of players got the recognition, but there wasn't a lot of talk about uh, Nugent Hopkins or JT Miller, uh, Sean Couturier that, that played specific roles that are essential to winning. Um, we like the flash. We like the, uh, um, you know, we like the story. Uh, but there's always a secondary story that's important to winning, especially at this time of the year. Well, and I think, and we'll see how far the Oilers go. I mean, they, they finished eighth in the regular season. They are now in the final eight for the playoffs. We'll see if they can crack the final four. But I think they have definitely benefited from some players who are not flashy but are effective. And maybe we thought Nugent Hopkins was going to be flashy, certainly when he was drafted first overall. Yes, that's what you can expect. But his career, at least to this point, hasn't developed that way. He still shows flash at times. But you've had Adam Larson, who is not flashy but effective. You've had Cam Talbot. I mean, let's face it, Cam Talbot is not a flashy goalie. Like Dominic Hasek or even Patrick Waugh would have been a little more acrobatic and showing up on highlight reels. But Talbot's pretty darn effective. I mean, even Andre Secker, I would put in the category of not flashy, but very effective. And it's guys like those supporting the flashy guys that have been huge for the Oilers this season. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Chris, good to hear from you, buddy. I bet you're having a blast. Oh, hell yeah, man. It's a great time to be alive. We're in the second round of the playoffs. The Flames are golfing. I heard there's like a. There's uh, some uh, some fires that are starting on the uh, golf courses uh, because there's so many flames on it. Uh, you know, you know it's snowed the... here, Chris. You know, Alberta know, is under I... a layer of snow. I, I know. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to be funny. I know. I just thought but, I would uh, tell also, you just in case. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, also great to see the Maple Leafs are out of it too. You know, so like like I said, I was I was happy when when all the Canadian teams that made it made it as long as the Oilers were the ones that made it the farthest. That's great. Um, as far as Nuge, um, Nuge is what he is. J- just like him and, and Eberly and Hall, they all signed those those big uh, contracts at the time that we all thought were good contracts. And, and, and Nuge, to me, I, I like his game. He's he's a he's a good two way player. 
with uh, with still some room to grow offensively. If, if I'm going to keep one of the two, I'm keeping Nuge over, over Everly, but I think Everly has uh, one less year on his contract, I believe, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. I think his contract is, is uh, ends, uh, after next, next season, I think, right? Uh, yes, Everly has, uh, a, or is it after two years from now? I always got to double oh, okay. check because I got a bad memory. Uh, yeah, but Nuge right, is signed longer. It is, it is what it is. That's going to be one of those things that uh, our uh, yeah. Everly has great, uh, e- sorry. Everly has two years after this one. Nuge has four years after this one. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Uh, well, it's going to be one of those one of those um, you know jobs for uh, our good uh, good good slash great GM to uh, figure out where we're going to go from here. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. If the Oilers, the Western Conference right now is wide open. Since, mm-hmm. since Chicago is out, this is this is this is anybody's game right now. I think any any team that's remaining in the Western Conference can can make a push for the for the uh, for the Stanley Cup Final. I, uh, I'm going to say this: I think the Oilers win in five games. In and five, move on to the in five games. I think I, I think that the Oilers um, in this in this series have proven and grown up tremendously. Um, they've gone through the adversity. Uh, we we played uh, Anaheim very very good this year uh, throughout the throughout the season, and uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a bold slash stupid prediction, but I'm saying Oilers win five. Chris, I like it, say. buddy. And, I know you, awesome. and I know you're a stand up guy, and you'll call back whether you're right or you're wrong. Oh, oh for sure. Uh, re- regardless of what happens, this is this has been a tremendous season for us Oilers fans. Uh, we have been waiting for this for for ten ten plus years. And I wish I was up there with all my fellow Oilers fans. And let's keep it rocking, keep it safe. Let's not do anything crazy. Let's not, uh, you know. I hear you. Let's just be safe. And let's go Oilers. Chris, talk to you soon. That's Chris from Phoenix checking in. Time for you to chime in as well. 780-496-0063. Some good text to 630-630 I want to read as well. And Derek Ryan, former U of A Golden Bear, now up for an NHL award. All coming up in the next half hour. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Don't forget, 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, we'll have live coverage of the Edmonton Eskimos News Conference. They have named Brock Sunderland as their new general manager, so uh, didn't uh, wait too long to find somebody to replace the recently fired Ed Hervey. The rumor broke on the weekend, or the story, I guess, was first uh, reported on the weekend that Sunderland was the hire. The Eskimos confirmed it today. They will have a news conference tomorrow, so live at 2 p.m. on 6.30. Chad Morley Scott and Dave Campbell will be coming to you from Commonwealth Stadium, so that'll be interesting. Sunderland, 37 years old, been uh, working in football all his life, most recently as the assistant general manager for the Ottawa Redblacks, who have uh, turned out to be a pretty good franchise after having a rough expansion year. Dave Campbell will join me to talk about uh, that hire later on on Inside Sports. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 6.35. No NHL tonight. I got the Raptors game on the TV. They're up 67-55, four minutes into the third quarter. 
That is game five of their series against Milwaukee, which is tied 2-2. The 5-13 and Toronto Blue Jays play the LA Angels at 8 o'clock Edmonton time tonight. The Jays have won two of the first three in that series. They have a chance to win a series for the first time all season long. The Western Hockey League Conference Finals will resume tomorrow. Regina and Lethbridge, Kelowna and Seattle both tied 1-1. Oscar Clefbaum not on the ice today for the Oilers. He will be available for Game 1 on Wednesday. And the, the San Jose Sharks doing their locker clean-out today. I don't know if you saw this. Joe Thornton, who missed the first couple games in the series, both a torn ACL and MCL. Playing on a badly, badly damaged knee. So, yeah, you wonder what that means for his future, too. I mean, a guy in his late 30s coming up to be an unrestricted free agent, that's an injury. He's going to have surgery, so you're out well into next season recovering from the surgery. But you got to hand it to him. Uh, I mean, look, a great series between the Oilers and the Sharks. I, I, I don't think there's an Oilers fan out there that doesn't have a lot of respect for San Jose and the franchise they've, uh, they've had and a lot of the great players they've had, who are, some of them are near the end of their run but still a very competitive series. 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. Happy to get uh, a lot of texts tonight. I'll try to catch up on a few here. Darcy, the VAC truck driver. We were talking about Nugent Hopkins before the break, if you missed that. Darcy says, uh, Boston's Patrice Bergeron is a two-way forward who's paid around the same as Nuge and is also a second-line center. Face-off's really the only difference. Yeah, Bergeron actually makes a little more than Nuge in terms of cap hit. It's 6.875. Bergeron does have a better points-per-game average than Nugent Hopkins. Certainly better in the face-offs. Now, he's also seven years older, so we're talking about Nugent Hopkins not knowing you know, which way his career is going to go from here. But interesting comparison there from Darcy for sure. The Big L says, Reed, regarding Nugent Hopkins, if you think back to the 2010 Olympics, a lot of people were concerned about Crosby's offensive output. By then the game had evolved and everyone on a team had to buy into a winning team effort, a two-way game. The Nuge fits this role perfectly. That's from the Big L. This texter says... Hey, Reed, it's good to see the Oilers play for each other. This group seems to have the belief that they can beat anyone. You can see it in their game. They are a resilient group, just the way they regrouped after the 7 nothing blowout in San Jose. I feel like the Oilers, with their speed and skill, can overcome the Ducks in six. Anaheim is a tough team, but I feel the Oilers are a faster team than the Ducks. You know, is, let me ask you guys this. Is this a simple way to put it? San Jose... Might have been faster as a team than the Oilers, but not as tough. Anaheim as a team, maybe a bit tougher than the Oilers, but not as fast? Or is it pretty even? Because the Oilers can play the physical game. Like we've been saying all year, if the game gets dragged into the back alley, the Oilers got some guys who are saying, let's go, let's grab some crowbars and some garbage can lids, let's go into the back alley. Not that I support that type of thing in, in real life, as I'm sure Dean knows on the open line. Hi, Dean. Thanks for calling. Hey, Reed. Hi. Uh, just in regards to Joel Thornton today, the word that has been in my mind all day is respect, because I've torn my ACL and MCL twice on my left knee. Oh. And I know I know exactly how painful it is in the recovery period. Like, the, the first time I did it, like, I literally was on crutches for four months. 
after they did reconstruct the surface. Now, Dean, you know, it's, it's different now because with the technology, it, they can do stuff a lot faster. But it's it's the most painful thing that I would ever experienced, and I've broken lots of bones and stuff. But uh, tearing tearing my my ACL and MCL was just unbelievable, unbelievably painful. And then it, the swelling it like literally swells up to the size of a football. Oh, jeez! Now was this and, was this hockey or what were you doing? Uh, and a kid out at summer camp. No way, just bad luck, eh? <laughs> yeah, he went down a he went down a ditch, and I just kind of leapt in the ditch, and just the way my foot planted, and it it bent bent to the side the wrong way, like as if you know, probably about a thirty degree bend to the side, and you could just I just knew that it was bad, and and so it tore uh, tore both, and it was uh, but the pain I I literally screamed in pain until I hyperventilated and pretty well passed out well thanks for sharing that i mean i know not a pleasant memory for you but yeah it, it takes a long time and it's the type of thing you can go out there and move around without an acl but long term you you need one and like you mentioned it's it's pain management and the surgery because a lot of people have said oh what if, what if the oilers make the stanley cup final could tyler pitlick play well no because it takes like isn't it six to nine months to get back to oh, normal it's, yeah it's it's forever it feels like but but the crazy thing about it is like the, the I don't know how how he was able to do anything. Like well, obviously they must have put a brace on him. He was he did have a brace. And Dean, we just got a text to the text line. He says this person says, "Hey Reed, what kind of drugs did Thornton have to take to play with no ligaments? It is these. I mean, I assume he got an injection, right? And probably oh, painkillers yeah. or something, right? So yeah, that's no, you you have to because it's just uh, and it just throbs like a horrible headache in your knee. Thanks for calling, Dean. I appreciate it. You know, this might be rude, but, you know, they say uh, childbirth is the most painful thing, but for me, it felt like I I gave birth out of my knee. Oh, jeez. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for that image, Dean. Thanks for listening. (laughs) That's Dean, 7804960063. I always enjoy a personal story, even if it involves an incredible amount of pain. That's okay. Uh, Joe says, hey, Reed, is Matt Hendricks going to play in this second round? Yeah, I, I still think he's fairly low on the depth chart. I, I mean, maybe if they felt like they, they needed, uh, you know, so a little more physicality. I, I think Euro Packerinen is the next forward to come in if they do make a change. And and again, whenever I'm asked about Matt Hendricks, I, look, there there are very few players I respect more than Matt Hendricks. An unlikely guy just to make the NHL. Now he's played 500 games. But I just think you have to remember, guys, the, the it was either the last game he played or the second last game he played in the regular season. He played three and a half minutes. So I don't think in a, in a playoff game, you know, McClellan's necessarily looking to put in a player that that is, is likely going to see that small amount of ice time. Ron's on the line. Hi, Ron. Hey, Reed. How are you doing? Doing quite well. Love your show. I'm a long-time listener and probably about my 150th time to call. Right. Well, yes, I recognize your your name for sure. What's on your mind? Uh, just as fans, I wonder how much do fans recognize the Chirelli trade for having Lutzich there instead of Hall? Just want to hear your comments. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Ron. I get texts after every game from people who ha- can't stand Lucic. Still, is that right? Yeah, a guy called. A guy called in on overtime open line and said, "I can't remember what the exact call was." He said Lucic is too slow and he just stands around and does nothing. 
Uh, I, I, I think he has value. I, I would have, I mean, he wound up with 20 goals, probably the first two thirds of his season, though. And I think even Milan has admitted this. He was fitting in. You're not just yeah. becoming an Oiler, you're becoming an Edmontonian. You know, like That's right. moving is a big deal, even if you're a hockey player. I, right. I, but I think he's had an effect. I, I think McDavid has a lot of respect for him. And I think even even if he doesn't go out and fight and hit every night, I think if you're an opponent, you always know when he's on the ice, just in case. there's still more to his game to come, like in, in the next playoff? Like, I don't think we've seen the best of Lucci yet. Well, and we were talking about Nuge earlier in the show. That line, and I know people are going to say, well, they're making $18 million. Fine. Right now, we shouldn't be worrying about the contracts. They're, they've kind of become a bit of a checking line, and they're doing yeah. okay. Yes. Thanks, Reed. Okay, see you, Ron. We'll take a quick timeout. Speaking of great stories, former U of A Golden Bear Derek Ryan just had a pretty good year with the Carolina Hurricanes, and now he's been nominated for the Masterton Trophy. He's up next on Inside Sports. All right, it's 8.48 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, thanks for tuning in tonight. I just, uh, we got a listener, Chris, who wants your help because I can't help him. He says, hey, Reed, off to New York City for a week this Sunday and then to Mexico for my wife's birthday. Wouldn't you know it, the Oilers make the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Chris says, do you or anyone know a good pub in Midtown New York to watch the games? I've been to New York a couple times, but I cannot name a good spot to watch a hockey game in Midtown Manhattan. So if you want to help Chris out, text 630-630 with your suggestions for a good place to watch a hockey game in Midtown Manhattan, and uh, I'll, I'll let him know, and all of you know, after the 7 o'clock news. Let's help a fellow Oiler fan out. Former U of A Golden Bear Derek Ryan, quite a story, now 30 years old. He played in Europe, now he's with the Carolina Hurricanes, and now he's nominated for the Masterton Trophy for dedication, perseverance, and sportsmanship. Derek, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. Congratulations on being nominated nominated for the Masterton Trophy. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Yeah, I was really excited. I found out a little earlier today when the, one of the PR guys from the Hurricanes gave me a call. and Yeah, just uh, pretty speechless, to be honest. Uh, up against a couple of great guys there in Cogliano and Anderson, a couple of great stories. But it's just a cool kind of, uh, I guess, exposure for me, more or less, just to have people read my story a little bit more and know the the long journey that I took to get to the NHL and become a full-time NHL. I think that uh, a lot of people are probably asking who's Derek Ryan right now, but hopefully over the next couple of weeks and month or so, I guess maybe they'll figure figure it out a little bit more and, and learn a little bit more about me and my story and my unconventional path to the NHL. And you, and you get to go to Las Vegas for the awards. That sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, actually. Yeah, it'll be fun. My my wife and I will probably go down and, and spend a couple days down there. It'll turn it into a little vacation. And, and uh, yeah, who knew when I was playing for the Golden Bears that someday I'd be going to the NHL Awards. So that's uh, pretty exciting for me and my family. And, uh, yeah, we couldn't be, couldn't be happier. Well, you mentioned your your path to the NHL. I'm sure most people in Edmonton and area know your story, but you were you were you were U of A Golden Bear. You finished there in 2011. 
you played in Europe. Uh, I mean, you and I did a few interviews while you were you were playing in Europe. Obviously, you've uh, you know you've been in touch with Bob Stoffer, you, you know, quite a bit too. So your story has been on on the Edmonton airwaves. But uh, still, when, when you look from uh, a couple of years ago when you were hoping to get an NHL contract, it must feel like uh, quite quite a journey over the last twenty four months. Oh yeah, and if you look farther back than that, when I was playing in Hungary, my first year in the Austrian Hockey League, and and obviously to the U of A, and the, my journey all across Europe with uh, in Sweden and Austria, it's pretty crazy to look back and, and realize how far I've come and how lucky and, and really blessed I've been over the past five or six years, and then for sure over the past two years in my North American career, and um Obviously, I've been given some opportunities here by the Carolina Hurricanes, and I, I took advantage of those opportunities, but I still feel really lucky and blessed that, uh, that I've had those opportunities, and that's, uh, yeah, here I am today. Who do you credit with maybe being uh, someone who encouraged you or, or kept uh, kept pushing you towards you know reaching that NHL dream? Was there somebody who was uh, a mentor or a pillar of strength for you <laughs> on this journey? I mean, I don't know if I really had someone like that in my career. It's just it's funny though because in my my European career, I. I wasn't really working towards playing in the NHL. Obviously, that's every hockey player's dream. But um, once you get over overseas and you're playing in, you know, the Austrian league or maybe even the Swedish league, where you're not really concerned about making it back to the NHL, you're just more concerned about carving out a career for yourself and and uh, an income for your family and a nice lifestyle as well. So it's just it's one of those things where I, I just kept focused on, on doing the best I can in every situation I was in. Um, I think the biggest key to my success over the years is, is being able to adapt to all the different leagues that I was playing in, all the different situations, um, countries, the hockey style, the, the cultures, all that. You have to adapt. And, and even coming back to North America, adapting to the smaller ice side, the different different hockey style and um, yeah just always being able to to adapt and use the skills and the talents that I've been blessed with to maximize my uh, my potential on the ice and yeah it's just been a long journey and and um, it's, it's crazy to look back on it. Derek Ryan joining us tonight on Inside Sports, former U of A Golden Bear, nominated for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy in the NHL along with Andrew Cogliano and Craig Anderson. When when you look at, you know, now playing 67 games in the NHL, because you got to play a few in 15-16, but you were with the Carolina Hurricanes the bulk of this season. What what do you think allowed you to to stick? Was it something you learned? Did you just get more of an opportunity? Was, was it maybe some skills you adapted to? Why do you think you stuck around this year? Well, when I got called up, the Hurricanes were struggling quite a bit. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where they were, but probably towards the bottom five in the league in standings. And um, the first ten games or so, we really started winning games. And and when you're a call-up guy and you're helping the team to win games, and usually that's a good sign that you're going to stick around and and uh, they want to keep you around because you're winning. So I was able to, to find a way to help keep the speed and, and kind of bring some, some positive energy into the locker room because 
big holdup from the Charlotte Checkers. The Checkers were doing really well at that time. I think we were in first place in our division. And uh, so me and myself and Brock again were called up from Charlotte, bringing up, bringing some positive energy into the locker room. Where in the Hurricanes dressing room, when you're close to last place in the league, it can be pretty demoralizing. So um, just trying to help the team to succeed. And then after that point, I, I really got more comfortable with where my game was at in the NHL and and what I had to do to produce and. And I started to score and produce points, and and uh, once that started to happen, it was just kind of a snowball effect, and continued to roll on. And all of a sudden, I'm a full-time NHLer, and and um, yeah, it just kind of happens in a blur when you look back on it. But you're just trying to keep your head down and working hard every day, and and uh, that's just what I did. Your coach with Carolina, Bill Peters, coached in Canada West as well with uh, University of Lethbridge. I don't think you guys were ever opponents. I think he had left Canada West before you got to the U of A. But have you guys ever had any uh, any Canada West-centered conversations? We haven't, actually. We, we've talked a lot, obviously, a lot of Spokane Chiefs conversations and, and uh, European hockey conversations with the uh, his University of Lethbridge times have never come up, so I'll have to ask him about that next time I, I see him or talk to him. But, uh, yeah, obviously a uh, cool route for him to take to being an NHL coach as well. And a couple of CIS alumni is always a cool thing to have in the dressing room. And did you guys overlap by one year in Spokane? Or were you, were you ever there at the same time? It was one, maybe even two years. Okay. He for sure coached me one year. It might, might have been two years in Spokane. And, and uh, then I, I left there with the U of A and still won the Memorial Cup with the Chiefs after, after I left. And I was lucky to win the national championship with the Golden Bears that same year. So it's a good year for both of us. How, how much is your familiarity with Bill and maybe a trust level, how important has that been to you? Yeah, that's been huge. I mean, that was, that was vital in the decision-making process that we had coming from Sweden where there's a couple of NHL teams that were interested and and we knew we wanted to go to a situation where I was going to get the right opportunity and have someone that believes in you. That's so important. Um, there's a lot of guys that don't get opportunities just because they don't have someone in the organization that believes in them. So, yeah, that was huge and it's been huge even going forward, moving forward this season to have him kind of uh, knowing the kind of player that I am and and uh, helping me along a little bit too so it's it's nice to have that familiarity it makes it a little bit more comfortable when when it's a little tough when you're getting called up from the american hockey league and you're uncomfortable you don't you don't really feel like you fit in right away so it's just nice to have a little familiarity for sure awesome well, congratulations uh, on the award. And I know it's obviously not, not the uh, end of the road for you for sure, but it's definitely a, a pretty nice milestone, Derek. All the best, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate it. Hurricanes forward Derek Ryan played for the U of A Golden Bears, now up for the Masterton Trophy. Still ahead, Hall of Famer Brian Trotche inside sports on Chad. 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.